What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at DeepDiveFF, on Instagram at DeepDiveFantasyFootball, and as always, check out the website DeepDiveFantasyFootball.com. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. Unhinged, super excited to talk to you guys today. I have my man, probably my favorite guy in the industry to talk to, Nate Christian, on the line with me. We're going to be hitting you guys with a whole bunch of great stuff. But first, we got to ask him, how, how's it going? How's it going, Nate? Oh, it's going pretty well. I'm excited. This is uh, this is my first time podcasting with you on your podcast so I am really excited. This is like an honor. <laughs> no, it's it's all the honor's all mine, Nate. And uh, before we get started, if you want to plug anything, Dynasty Rewind, where you're over at, where people can find you on Twitter, go for it right now. Yeah, so I'm a writer at Dynasty Nerds, and I do a weekly stock report each week. Um, should be coming out tomorrow morning. Sometimes it comes out on Thursday mornings. Depends on how my week goes. Um, I also do a podcast called Dynasty Rewind, which you can just follow on Twitter at Dynasty Rewind. We do a waiver wire show every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. and our live stream for the podcast every Friday night at 9 p.m. And then we release the podcast on Saturday morning. It's a great time. Great group of guys over there. Um, you know, Dynasty football, it's crazy. We love it. And it's always fun. All right. That's perfect. So, yeah, this is my guy, Nate, and I'm excited to get into it. Um, Nate, the first thing I wanted to talk about it's kind of fantasy football related, but also it's something I've talked about on my actual last unhinged podcast, and it's the Dolphins' decision to start Tua. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on it, and then I'll go over my thoughts. But I'm pretty sure most of the listeners know how I feel about the Tua situation. Yeah, so I heard that a lot of the team found out through social media, and I think that's a really bad look. Um, in today's age, that happens all too often where things leak and people find out not from the you know coaches. And I think that should be figured out for any future, you know, announcements. But I think it's a good idea. I think it is okay. I mean, I know they're in the playoff race. They've been doing well. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been lucky. He's looked good. I'm not going to say he's looked bad, but it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. We've known how his entire career has gone. <laughs> you know, yeah. if it wasn't this next game, it might be the next game after that. We're going to have a stretch of interceptions, pick sixes. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's a great mentor for Tua right now. Um, but with the bye week coming up, you can give two weeks of practice for Tua to be the starter in practice. I think this works. I think the team around the Dolphins is a lot better than was expected. They put a lot of effort into the offensive line and that defense, and it's already showing up. They're not the best team out there, but their division is not that strong right now. The Jets are obviously trash, and the Patriots have not <laughs> been playing very well. So even the Bills have had a couple hiccups here recently. So I think That's it's a true. good time. I don't think Fitzpatrick's the future. No one does. That's why they drafted Tua. So go ahead and get him in there. The team looks good around him. Tua is one of the greatest quarterback prospects to come out since, like, Andrew Luck. If it wasn't for the injury, Joe Burrow would have been this number two pick or number three pick. Tua would have been the number one pick. Hot take. I mean, Tua is up there with Trevor Lawrence for quarterback prospects. We were waiting for years for him to come out. Tua's really good. If he's fully healthy, I have no problem with this decision. Yeah, I, I love the decision too. I do want to touch on what you talked about though. 
Um, and Fitz, Fitz himself seemed completely heartbroken the way it went down. He didn't see it coming. That part is a huge mess up. But just the overall idea of starting Tua, I think it's something they need to do. Because yes, the Dolphins are 3-3. Three and three, But would any of us be surprised if their own pick still falls inside the top 10 and they finish 6-10 and 10 or 7-9? and nine? Probably not. And then they also have the Texans pick, which is looking like it could be high right now too. So my whole thing was, you need to see Tua right now because you're going to have a shot at Trevor. And if you get the whole quarterback decision wrong, it doesn't matter what the rest of your team looks like. So they need to see what they have with Tua. And I love that decision. I just wish that they handled it better because obviously Fitz had no idea what was coming. That means nobody in the play the locker room, none of the players did. So that was something that I wanted to touch on. And the next thing we're going to get into is we're getting to the point of the season when there are clear teams that are tanking and there are clear teams that are title contenders. So we're talking about trades for tankers and title contenders. And I just want to preface by saying, I don't know what you did, Nate, but personally, I did not look too much at cap space because teams can manipulate the cap however they want. We also don't know like if somebody's trading, you know, a tanking team is trading away someone with high cap, are they going to choose to eat the cap? So I tried not to look at the cap space too much. And we're just looking about the player matches. For me, I don't know if you looked at cap and if you did, that's awesome. But I'll let you kick it off um, with either somebody you think is going to get traded or you would like to see traded or whatnot. Yeah, so early in the season, actually, just like a week before the season started, I was on the hype train for David Njoku being traded to the Patriots. And I still think that's a possibility. Um, There were rumors flying out of there um, the week before the season started that they were looking to trade someone, that something was on the move. And we've heard about the Browns not being happy with Njoku so far, whether that's, you know, just the personality between the coaches and him or just him not producing and they signed Hooper to a big contract. Harrison Bryant is one of my favorite rookie tight ends, and he's been looking great. So Najoku is just an extra body there right now. I mean, not for this week with Hooper being out now, but going forward, he's not really got a role there. So I think he's a trade candidate coming up. Um, they obviously can use him. They are a contender right now for the playoffs, but the Patriots need a tight end that is going to give them something in the passing game. Um, Izzo... Whoever else is on that team right now, they have two rookies, and they're not, you know, rookie tight ends take forever to do something in football. So, I mean, they need someone now. They have Cam Newton on a one-year deal. They need to contend. They need to put the best team out there. I think it makes sense for them to throw a draft pick the Browns' way and uh, grab David Njoku. And so what would be your fantasy outlook for David Njoku? Is he, like, a top 16 guy for you, top 12? Like, where are you thinking? I think immediately with Cam Newton. We saw Cam Newton, I know. Greg Olson was an incredible tight end when he was in his prime, but Cam Newton loves throwing to the tight end. And we haven't seen it because there hasn't been any tight end talent in New England. So, you know, he's been throwing to Edelman across the middle of the field. He's thrown to Harry on the sideline, but there's not a lot of talent there either. Edelman's a lot older. Harry is, gets no separation, has no yards after the catch. Um, Damir Bird is like their best wide receiver right now if, if uh, Edelman's hurt. So I think they just need a passing option, and I think he would get probably the second most targets on the team if he was out there right now. All right, all right. And somebody that I've been thinking about is, uh, and I have a couple receivers. Honestly, I don't see very many landing spots for receivers right now uh, to, you know, title contenders coming from tanking teams. But Julio, Julio Jones, there's two teams I could see, and I want your take on definitely the second one because I know it's your team. Um, But the the two title contending teams that I think might be interested in Julio giving a pick a pick for him or whatnot because let's face it 
The Falcons, I think, are in a longer rebuild than some people realize. It's not going to be a quick turnaround. Also, Matt Ryan has looked really bad. I'm curious if they're looking on or looking to move off of him now. Um, but I like Julio Jones to the Packers and to the Ravens. Obviously, with the Packers, I think he would be a stud. He would be great for fantasy. I don't think Devontae Adams would get hurt too much. Obviously, they're not going to both be top five receivers. They'll probably both be wide receiver ones, though. I think Aaron Rodgers would love it. It might take Julio a week or two to get you know on the same page with him. But he's an elite receiver with an elite quarterback. That would be a great matchup. And then the Ravens, I mean, what what's your take on the? Could, first off, could you even see it happening? One and two, do you think there would be much fantasy uh, relevance? I think obviously because he's Julio Jones, he'd be somewhat relevant. But I would not want to touch Julio if he went to the Ravens. Yeah, so if he went to the Ravens, number one, I, I mean, they've made in season trades. We just saw it recently with um, Yannick. So they're obviously willing to make the trades they need to make to make their team championship caliber. Eric DaCosta is a great GM, and he's just throwing around mid-round picks for great players. I mean, I love it. But I don't I don't see them trading for a wide receiver. I know they need a wide receiver. That's why they just are trying to sign Des Bryant to their practice squad. Miles Boykin has not been the XY receiver they want, and it just hasn't really lined up with Marquise Brown so far this year. So they need help in the passing game, but I'm not sure they're willing to spend money or draft capital through trades for – a veteran wide receiver. I just don't think it's what the Ravens do. They trade for defense. They trade for offensive line if they have to. But I feel like for skill positions, um, they've whiffed on wide receivers basically their entire franchise history. And, I mean, except for the one time, the best wide receiver basically in Ravens history was Anquan Bolden, who they got um, through a trade, I think, or free agency. I can't remember. But So it could happen, but... I know one thing is the cap with this most recent move getting Yannick, the cap's already questionable how they're going to make that work because yeah. Earl Thomas has filed a grievance for $4 million. It's a mess <laughs> right now. Um, so I don't know how the cap would work with Julio either. Cause I know he's got a, a pretty big hit. Um, and then at fantasy purposes, if anybody, if any wide receiver went to the Ravens, um, it's almost an upgrade for NFL purposes, but a downgrade for fantasy purposes. I agree. They just don't throw the ball enough um and their defense is so good that there's never really going to be a time that they have you know the super negative game script where they're just getting garbage time points um someone on twitter put a graph up of teams in different great game scripts everywhere from garbage time positive i saw that positive yeah. neutral negative and then negative garbage ravens i think were the only team to not have any negative um garbage time Hmm. They haven't been behind by that many points to have that negative garbage time. So I just don't think any wide receiver is going to be, you know, a consistent fantasy football player for your team. Yeah, I agree. And I I saw that graph too, actually. And it was pretty cool because both of our teams, obviously your team is the Ravens. My team is the Bucks. And it was crazy because both of our teams, I believe, were top five in terms of positive game script and not having a lot of negative game script, which is, which is awesome. And um, with that said, you can go ahead and get to your second player if you have another one. Yeah, so I actually have, like, every single wide receiver I could think of going to the Eagles. Oh, the I mean, Eagles. They gotta, yes. The Eagles have to pick up a wide receiver. Now, Deshaun Jackson got hurt last night, and he's going on IR for at least three weeks. They haven't decided if they're going to do surgery or not. So what are they left with? Greg Ward, and who even knows what Alshon Jeffrey is right now? 
Nothing. Uh, Jalen Rager nothing. might be coming back sooner <laughs> rather than later. Um, but, man, they do Carson Wentz help. is working with nothing right now. No offensive line, no wide receivers. And as bad as they are, that division is wide open. So even though they're, what, 2-4-1, they're a contender. So, I mean, if they're looking to bring in a wide receiver before the trade deadline, there's a lot they can probably get pretty cheap. Uh, I know they picked up Marquise Goodwin in the offseason for, I believe, like a fifth-rounder or sixth-rounder. Uh, he ended up holding out because of COVID, but they could try to do the same thing here at the deadline. I mean, why not throw a mid-to-late-round pick for someone who can give you production this year? So some of the guys on my list for that is Dante Pettis. Okay. <laughs> Josh Reynolds. Kiki Kuti. Didi Westbrook. Ooh, I like that one a lot. John Ross, which fills that Marquis role that they look they look for. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little bit more expensive, but Curtis Samuel. I think he could be a trade candidate as well. Yeah, he hasn't been being used that well in yeah, North Carolina. So, you know, so that makes all sense. of those guys are kind of worth a mid to late round pick and are expendable on their teams basically. Um I mean one of the best ones I named is Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson has looked good, just hasn't had the volume. So if they move Josh Reynolds, I don't think they'd see much of a drop off moving to Van Jefferson. So let me ask you this. Packers, Eagles, what is the better landing spot? If you have the same wide receiver and you know you could choose which team for them to go to, which is a better landing spot? I think I have my answer, but I want to hear yours first. So I want to say Eagles. That's what that's where I'm going. I'm honestly scared. I think uh, Travis Fulgham is pretty good. Um, he's showing up, and he's had good competition uh, across from that cornerback the last four weeks, and he's put up good points. Um, and if Dallas Goddard comes back, I think he's the, automatically the number one and number two target in that team. You have a good pass-catching running back, whether it's Miles Sanders or Boston Scott. So I think anyone who gets to that team is going to be the third or fourth target. Well, if someone goes to the Packers, they could easily slot in as the number two target, um, as long as Lazard is on the IR. Mm-hmm. So I think the Packers is actually better, even though they are going to have less time chasing points. I think the Packers would probably be a better landing spot, just because I don't think someone slots in immediately to the Eagles, unless it's someone big like Julio Jones. Yeah, someone big. I agree. Yeah, if like it's... AJ Green. Yes. Oh, I wanted to ask you about him, too. So... The the list of receivers I have on this topic was Julio Jones. I was just going for the big boys, Adam Thielen and AJ Green. So, do you think AJ Green is he back, man? Because like the first three weeks he looked so washed, and I was bashing him on Twitter, especially after that Browns game um, where he had like three or four drops by my count, and um, he just he hasn't seemed you know that great. And then all of a sudden this past week. He got, what was it, nine targets and produced very well off them. And T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd were still involved too. They all turned in like pretty similar, decent fantasy days. Yep. Um, do you think A.J. Green is back in Cincy 1? And 2, do you think he is a trade candidate? Um, I think he's back, but not fully back. I'm not sure if he'll ever be fully back to the dominant wide receiver 1 that he was. Um, I think he's back enough to where, you know, if he went to a team like the Eagles, he could slot right in and be a very consistent wide receiver two on your team with some wide receiver one upside with touchdowns. Um, he's always going to have that touchdown upside because of how big and physical he is. But he, he is slowed. I mean, he doesn't look as in his prime anymore. He definitely looks like he's over the hill. And I think he's still very talented. 
Um, he's never been someone who's been, you know, a very speedy wide receiver who relied on speed down the field. But as we've seen with other wide receivers who rely on a big physical play, like Des Bryant, you know, they don't always last very long. It's just, you know, it's a very physical game and it's a young man's game. So I'm not sure AJ Green's back as in, you know, 2016 2017 2018 looking like but uh, i think he's back enough that we have to start him even uh even if he stays in cincinnati you're starting him yeah I really mean, you probably drafted him Ooh. i mean i mean you probably drafted him as your wide receiver two or three i think he still fits that caliber i know t higgins is balling out right now and tyler Boyd, of course, looks good that's also but, my guy <laughs> i mean the Bengals. the Bengals right now can support three wide receivers that's true so. That's true for sure. Especially with Drew Sample not, you know, not showing up too much. Yeah, especially after that one week. Yeah, he went off. Everyone was looking for him and then just disappeared. And then we have Adam Thielen. Do you think – so, obviously, the Vikings just traded Yannick to you guys, the Ravens. And it seems like they might be just tanking uh, unless there was some turmoil between him and the team that we have not heard of or has not been reported yet. Do you think Thielen might get traded? Because he is an older guy. It seems like the Vikings are nowhere close. Um, I know I was one of the lowest people on that defense. I received some flack for it, especially from the Vikings fans. But it turns out their defense is as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, um, you know, they just they have so many holes everywhere that I don't think that they look at Thielen and think he's going to be somebody that can help them once they're in a, you know, in a, a place to compete. So do you think Thielen could get traded? Or do you think for some reason it was just a Yannick turmoil situation? Um, I don't think, I don't think it, um, Thielen will get traded. Honestly, just because they don't have anybody outside of Thielen and Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, and it's hard even in a rebuild. You know, if you need wide receivers who can make an impact, and while we've seen a lot of wide receivers make impacts year one, it's you know it's become more common the last two years. We've you know we've seen in fantasy football where these rookie wide receivers are a big deal. But it's not how it's always been, and I'm not sure it's always going to be that way. There's a lot of talent coming in this next draft at wide receiver. We, we know the names like Jamar Chase and Rondam Moore, Rashad Bateman, um, Jalen Waddle is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of wide receivers coming in, and it'd be great to pair one of them up with Justin Jefferson. But for a team that wants to compete, I'm not sure if you want to rely on your two top wide receivers being that young. So I think Thielen still fills a role. Even next year and the year after that, he might get a lot less volume, but I think he'll still be a very good NFL option for that team. Maybe like a Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah, I think he'll be like a Larry Fitzgerald for that team, you know. He's been on that team his entire career, um, you know, went from undrafted, worked his way through the practice squad, and got to where he is now. And I think he'll stick in, especially once if they draft another wide receiver to play outside, he can take on a full slot role. And I think he can be a very valuable NFL player. You know, if they draft another wide receiver – it might not look good for his fantasy outlook, though. And that that's all I got. That's all I got for uh, trade candidates. I don't know if you had any more. I know you've been doing a lot of talking, but, hey, I've been <laughs> wanting to talk to you for a while, so I don't mind it at all. I'm sure these these guys listening in don't mind it either. You got anybody else for the yeah, trade? Yeah, I got a couple other ones. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick being traded now that he's not the starter. I think that is not going to happen at all. I just wanted to say that. Um, I think there's a better chance Jameis Winston gets traded yes. to the Cowboys. I know you saw my tweet. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. I did not see your tweet, but oh, really? One the same spot. Yeah, I was talking about him going to the Cowboys. I think the Dolphins, you know, really value Fitzpatrick's mentorship for Tua. Uh, when Tua talked about being the starter, he 
just talked about Fitz mostly the entire time and about how it's great to have Fitz in his corner. So I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he's not on a big deal. So they're going to keep him. I think they want him to mentor Tua. He's a really smart guy. He knows what he's doing. While Jameis Winston, the Saints are in absolute win-now mode with Drew Brees. They don't know how many more years are going to get out of Drew Brees. This could be Drew Brees' final year. So their backup quarterback, or third-string backup quarterback, should I say, is not doing them any favors to win this year unless they need a Hail Mary at the end of the season. So if they can move Jameis Winston to the Cowboys on a one-year deal, you know, Cowboys can play him, then get Dak next year on a franchise tag or a long-term deal. The Saints can maybe pick up the, you know, a missing piece for that contention team. And, you know, they're a good team, but they are missing something right now. Definitely. They're missing something to be that dominant team that's looking to win the Super Bowl. So if they can trade Winston just for a straight player to the Cowboys, which the Cowboys might be willing to give up a player because they know their defense sucks. They can give away one of their decent defensive players, maybe, to grab a quarterback because we've seen as long as they have a quarterback and throw the ball, they can stay in games. Yeah, and I'm curious, too, if uh, this this might be a little bit out there, but for some reason, the Cowboys have not signed Dak to a long-term deal. For some reason, they cannot meet eye-to-eye. Let me ask you this, and you know most people are going to be like, Brandon, what are you talking about, dude? You're going off the rails here. But if Jameis turned in a, a really good season, which in terms of fantasy, he would turn in a great season because, oh, yeah. I mean, he always was for the Bucks, and the Cowboys receivers are just as good, and, you know, that situation is just as good as it was in Tampa for Jameis. So I think he would have, like, crazy stats, but if for some reason they don't see a huge difference between Jameis's performance and Dak's performance, given that Dak is going to cost them so much money and they are cap-strapped right now, do you see any, any possibility that Jameis Winston, if he did get traded there, would end up taking that job, not necessarily because they like him more, but for the value, because they wouldn't have to sign him for nearly as much as Dak. Yeah, for sure. If they trade for Jameis Winston and he puts up you know, a bunch of touchdowns, which I'm sure he would, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over as many times as he did last season, I think that is a great possibility. I mean, obviously we have to see the trade first and then see the yeah, production. of course, of course. But, I mean, if, if he gets traded to the Cowboys... I don't see how there's not production, at least fantasy-wise. Um, now, if he throws a bunch of touchdowns and throws a bunch of interceptions as well, it's not going to really matter because those interceptions with that defense, I mean, they're going to lose every game because that defense ain't stopping anybody with a short field. So I think if he goes and produces but still has all those turnovers, I mean, it's still easy to go with Dak just because yeah. you know Dak's going to take sure. care of the ball and win those games while Winston's just going to put up production. And with that said, that's, I mean, I think that wraps up for our trade candidates. We can get into the next section and I'm going to go to just a quick question with you on the Jets because the survivor pool, I don't know if you do it. Um, I don't know if you are still alive, if you did do it, but that's something that I did. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get started in Yahoo and FanDuel. I missed both of those survivors. I wasn't paying any attention uh, when the season started, but I made sure I got my one started in DraftKings. I'm still alive. So are anybody that's been making pick for pick with me. I go over my survivor pick every week on the podcast with the deep dive listeners. So a lot of us are still alive and there's only 3.8% of people still alive. So we're feeling pretty good. And I, you know, I basically have been building my schedule against the Jets except in certain spots where I can take a bad team that's playing someone else to, you know, kind of differentiate who we're going to have to choose from later on in the season. Do you think 
the Jets will win any games this season, and if so, how many? Well, I don't have their schedule in front of me, um, but, God, it's going to be hard for the Jets to win a game. So I did hear that Sam Darnold is coming back, so that gives them a little bit better chance than Joe Flacco. But, let's see, I just pulled up their schedule. It doesn't look good anywhere. No, it doesn't. Uh, it their, doesn't. Their best, their best chance is against the Dolphins yep. um, at the end of November. And Tua will be well into that offense at that time. Yeah, I mean, I can very easily see them going 0-16. Um, I could – I mean, it's hard. It's hard, Especially yeah, because you, you never see it. You never see it. One of the guys I had on my sheet as a trade candidate was Jameson Crowder. There's been some talk about him being a trade candidate Oh, recently. that's actually interesting. Um, I saw some people talking about him going to the Packers to fill a slot role. Oh, I like that a lot. That would be really um, good for fantasy. You know, and that team is just so bad. I mean, if they fire Adam Gase and Darnold's healthy, I could see them pulling out a victory against some team. Yeah. Um, just because Adam Gase is that bad. I don't know who the interim coach would be. I guess it would be Greg Williams, um, which eh, I don't know if I like that either. But I could see them pulling out a win. So I'm going to say they're probably going to win one game. It might be the game against the Dolphins. Um, so they can go 1-15. It's hard to go 0-16 in the it NFL. Is. It is. I think they're going to win one or two for sure um, because we barely ever, ever see an 0-16 team. And, you know, the times we have those, like, it was talked about so heavily because of how crazy and how hard, like you just said, it is to go 0-16. And something I could see coming in their favor is, like you said, Sam Darnold's coming back. Sam Darnold is clearly not the problem there. And, you know, honestly, I think, like, as we're talking about the Jets, I think he will not be a Jet next year. I think he will get traded somewhere, and he might resurrect his career somewhere else, whether it be, you know, sitting a year or two behind someone good, maybe he... You know, maybe uh, Jameis' contract expires and Breeze is done and maybe Darnold ends up in New Orleans or maybe, you know, whatever the case may be, I think he'll end up somewhere. He'll be good. But right now he's still a Jet and they have Brashad Perryman finally back from injury. And (laughs) what what is that? I thought you liked Perryman. As a Ravens fan, I hate Perryman. Oh, right. one of the biggest busts we ever picked in the first round. (laughs) He couldn't couldn't catch anything. And then he did good for my bucks. (laughs) but yeah so they have Perryman coming back I mean he's obviously an upgrade from what they've been working with and then they if they keep Crowder and then the the guy that everyone seems to have forgotten about Denzel Mims is there and he is returning he might make his debut this week and you know maybe in a few weeks Perryman and Mims are healthy and Darnold can just muster up some magic in one game and they'll, they'll win a game or two. So I do think they're going to win some. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I basically have scheduled the rest, almost the rest of the season to have my picks go against the Jets unless it's for some reason a game I don't feel comfortable with. And then obviously we have to make a bunch of pivots for when the Jets are on a bye week and when they're playing people we've already picked or whatnot. So I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on the Jets. And with that said, we can get to the main event. And Well, I mean, oh, while we're talking about the Jets, let's it. answer our listener question. Oh, that's actually perfect. Yeah. So CFC Panthers, he asks, what is Sam Darnold's value in Dynasty? So I have a number. Obviously, we're thinking Superflex, right? Is that the way you took that question? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking Superflex, Sam Darnold in a Dynasty League, standard 12 team. Where do you think his value is? So I was actually offered Sam Darnold in a one quarterback league recently um it was sam donald and 
two second round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, in Superflex, I would say his value is. Uh, I would still value him. That's this. It's hard. I would almost still want to value him at a first round pick and like one first. Yeah, right? one first. Okay. And like, I mean, he should be more than that as a starting quarterback who's young. But I think with the question, I don't think there's any way he's a Jet next year. Because if you have a top three pick in this coming draft, which the Jets look like they might have the number one overall pick, they're favored to have the number one overall mm-hmm. pick. You know, you can't give up Trevor Lawrence, not because of how good Trevor Lawrence is. That's We all know how good Trevor Lawrence is going to be. But just the fact that you get a quarterback who has five years on a rookie deal, while Darnold is already halfway through his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So even though Darnold is good and already in the NFL, you just have to play the time. You just have to play the contract there. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is better than Sam Darnold, possibly already. I mean, I like Darnold, but Trevor Lawrence is really freaking good. Yeah. And to get that control for five years on a rookie deal, I mean, that is so valuable. It's priceless in the NFL right now. It is. So I don't think there's any way that Sam Darnold is a Jet next year. I don't know if they trade him during the season. I don't know if they trade him in the offseason. But I don't see there's any way that Trevor Lawrence is not picked by the Jets. And I don't see any way that Trevor Lawrence and Sam Darnold are on the same team. Definitely so not. knowing that, it's all about where is Sam Darnold going to end up. And like you said, you said the Saints. I mean, you could go to the Cowboys if he was traded this year. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple different spots for him to go where he could Steelers. get a starting job. The Steelers. And I think he's good enough to win a starting job. But, I mean, you could have done the same thing with Jameis in the offseason. You know, picked him up because you thought he was going to get a starting job somewhere. Yeah. And he's the third-string quarterback for the Saints. Mm-hmm. So, so I would ask- say a first-round pick, but it's scary. So let me ask you this. So sometimes, you know, we have to follow our gut in fantasy. And, you know, you, you pull the trigger with that uncertainty. Sometimes you wait and you want to be certain knowing where he's going. So right now, if you had to, if I told you I, you had to make a trade for Sam Darnold with, you know, all the questions, would you rather make the trade now and hope for a good landing spot and see if you can get him for a value? Or would you rather wait it out, see where he goes? And, you know, you're losing the, the upside of getting him for a low value, but you're also losing the downside of busting. Yeah, so I think once he goes to a good landing spot, his value is going to skyrocket because everyone thinks he's good and everyone thinks he's Adam Gase. So, And we've seen players leave Adam Gase and be good. Mm-hmm. So I think as soon as he goes somewhere, he's going to be too expensive for his value. Um, so I think you have to get him now. I would throw two seconds. That's what I was going to gonna try say. To That's Sam my Donald. value. Two seconds. I think that'd be my opening offer. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, in Superflex, you know, make sure you have a somewhat deep bench because he might not start next year. Um, but that'd be okay. You know, if I spent two seconds on Sam Darnold and he didn't start again until 2022, but he had a starting job, I'd be okay with that. But yeah. just make sure you have enough room on your bench. You can hold him for a year if you have to, like Winston this year. I agree. I agree. And, um, with that said, we can now go to the, the DFS draft against each other. It's going to be just like regular fantasy football drafts. So we're going to do Snake. And the way we ordered it before we started is I, I get the first pick. You get the next two. We are going to draft a DFS lineup for you guys. I thought it was the perfect way to structure not only a cool competition between me and my, my boy Nate, but also it just will bring about you know regular 
spontaneous, natural conversation about guys we like to start this week. So, and you guys know most of my starts because we had the podcast released on Thursday morning about that. But we're going to draft DFS lineups, and I have the first overall pick. So I'm trying to think not only who do I want the most, but who do I think is most likely to get bit, get taken by Nate. And, you know, because the quarterback that I'm going to go with is somebody that I like in terms of value, you know, how much he costs, we're using DraftKings. Um, I'm going to take him first because I don't want to lose out on him. I don't want to have to pivot on my quarterback. I think I have enough good options at running back and wide receiver and even tight end. And I think I know what tight end Nate's going for. So, and it's not mine. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Justin Herbert. I think he's going to go. Oh, that was, let's go. See, this is why, <laughs> this is why I went quarterback. All right, perfect. So I'm taking Justin Herbert, 6,400 on DraftKings. And now, you know, that's somebody he wanted to. So you could be confident in his performance this week versus the Jaguars. Because not only has Herbert been great, phenomenal, in fact, already, and he has great weapons. Keenan Allen should be back. He has played very tough defenses. He played the Kansas City defense. That's much better than most people realize, I would say, probably at least NFL average. Then he played, yes, the Panthers, um, but he still had a good game. Then he played the Saints defense and was great. He played the Bucks defense and was great. This Jaguars defense is nothing compared to what he has faced. He's going to step on that field and he's probably going to laugh. He's going to be like, what is this? This is nothing. Like, am I in the NFL still compared to what I've been playing against? Especially with the Jaguars in with some injuries on that side of that ball. I think Herbert could have a 3-4 touchdown game with 300-400 yards. You know, if they just want to lay it down. There's always a possibility that they get crazy, um, crazy up with their lead and then they run it out. But, I mean, when you have Herbert and he's a rookie, I think they're going to let him let it fly even if they're winning by a lot. So, I like Herbert a lot. And uh, now it's to you. You got two picks in a row, so where are you going? Yeah, so luckily I was kind of between two quarterbacks. Um, I had settled on Justin Herbert, but I'll have to pivot to my other quarterback. But now that you've already picked your quarterback, I'll save him for last. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to go with my uh, two running backs, actually. Oh, boy. So Alvin Kamara. All right. He's playing the Panthers, who are like the worst team in defending against running backs for fantasy points. Mm-hmm. And... Michael Thomas is going to be out. That's what it seems like. I know, dude. It's ridiculous. And we have seen what Kamara does when Michael Thomas is out. Because Breeze, you know, he can only throw the ball three yards down the field. Or maybe even not to the line of scrimmage. So Kamara is just eating up targets. If you can bet on the over-under for Kamara receptions, I'd take the over. Just every game at this point until Michael Thomas comes back. Kamara is going to eat against the Panthers. And... The Panthers, I think, are going to keep the game close enough that Kamara is going to get a ton of work. So I'm definitely taking Kamara. I know he's really expensive on DraftKings right now. It's worth um, it. It's always worth 7, it. 7,900, but he is worth it. He's going to get 30 points this week. Mm-hmm. So you want that in your lineup. And then I'm going to spend big again on running oh, back. Oh, boy, you're going to um, take one. I can feel it. So I'm going to pick Aaron Jones. Dang it! <laughs> Aaron Jones. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, man, he is productive. And, yes, he wasn't productive against the Bucks last week, but the Buccaneers' defense is probably the best run defense in the NFL right now. So I'm not taking anything from that last game. doesn't matter. Uh, this game against the Texans, who are one of the worst run defenses in the league, it's going to be night and day. Aaron Jones is going to just run all day on them, and they're going to get up. 
the Texans are going to chase points and the Packers are just going to run the ball with Aaron Jones. He's going to have like 200 total yards and like two touchdowns. And he's also expensive. He's 7,200. But I think that's still a deal right now with the definitely. Texans defense. You took my guy. I definitely agree with you on that. All right. So, man, now I'm tilting because I know that you took your two running backs, but there's a flex spot. And I know you're not going to tell me what position you have there. So I'm trying to figure out, should I take my running backs now too and make sure you don't get one in the flex? Um no, I can't do it. I'm going to risk it. And I know you're you're not taking my tight end because I think I know where you're going. I saw you tweet something out earlier. So uh, I think I know exactly where you're going there. But you can't tell, guys, but he's he, he's laughing because uh, <laughs> I got him. But all right, I'm going to go wide receiver. I'm going to grab my receivers. I'm sure you can guess one of them. I mean, you want to just you want to say his name? You could say it. Is, it. is it Tyler Boyd? It is Tyler Boyd. There we go. See, this is why me and Nate are best friends. So... I got Tyler Boyd, $5,400 on DraftKings. Look, he put up more than 20 points versus the Cleveland Browns on that Thursday night game, and he dropped a wide-open gimme touchdown. And so it could have easily been a 27-29 to point game. I don't remember exactly what he had. I think it was between 20 and 22. If you added a touchdown and another reception onto that, he was like a top three receiver on the week. And I don't see the situation being much different this week than it was previously. They're going to have to throw a lot. Cleveland is going to run the ball, but this is actually in Tyler Boyd's favor. They're not going to be able to run the ball as much or at least as efficiently because they're missing Chubb now. You know, it's just Kareem Hunt. Plus, Kareem Hunt is dealing with rib issues. I don't think it's going to be a big problem. But when you're missing one of your, you know, two-headed backfield, it's going to make it make a big difference. So I think that Cincinnati is going to throw the ball a lot. Tyler Boyd is the most trustworthy target of Joe Burrow. He plays the slot. His targets are safe. He's not like A.J. Green and T. Higgins on the outside competing with each other. So I like Tyler Boyd a lot. I'm going to go him first. And then my second wide receiver. So I'm assuming I didn't take that one from you. And then my second wide receiver is Brandon Cooks. 5,200. That's a good value. I almost took him. I yeah. almost took him. I liked him. So it's this is going to be a shootout. Green Bay, Houston. Neither have the defense to really stop the other. Green Bay's defense is definitely better than Houston's, but Houston has a great offense, and Green Bay doesn't have like an elite defense. Obviously, you saw versus the Bucks that they can easily be exploited. So Brandon Cooks has done great since Bill O'Brien left. Who who would have who would have guessed it? Especially especially because Bill O'Brien traded for Brandon Cooks and then he used him wrong, and he always kept him on the sideline, letting the defenders use the sideline as an extra defender. And now all of a sudden he's been moved to inside the numbers since Bill O'Brien has been gone. And that's perfectly fit to Brandon Cook's strengths because he has great footwork. He's a great route runner. And it's so hard to cover him if he can go either left or right on you. And he's been absolutely amazing since Bill O'Brien has been gone. I think he has like 40 points in the last two weeks total. And I don't see Green Bay putting Jair Alexander on Cooks. I think he's probably more likely to be on Fuller. And even if he is on Cooks, Cooks is a great receiver. We've seen him be good with everyone. I love Cooks in this shootout. That's what you're looking for in a receiver is a shootout. And I think we got one right here. So I got Boyd and Cooks. Lock him in. Now I can send it over. Back to Nate. All right. So you picked your two wide receivers. Um, I'm going to take advantage of that. Oh, boy. You think you know who my tight end is. And yes, I do like Harrison Bryant, but I did not pick him. Oh, this, no. This slate. 
Um, I think he is a high upside play, but I think he's a little too risky for me to uh, pick in this lineup. Also, um, I was able to craft my lineup that uh, I could still pay up a little bit for tight end. So right. in the hopes I take your tight end, oh. I'm going to take Noah Fant. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you know Noah Fant's healthy again. He's played a hundred. He's hundred percent in practice. Drew Locke, while not really scoring touchdowns against the Patriots, but the Patriots have a really good defense. They do. So just the fact they were able to move the ball and get in field goal range, that offense does not look terrible. They look like they can do stuff. Melvin Gordon's back this week, as far as we know. Um, Jerry Judy is getting better every week. May not show up on the stat sheet, but watching film of him and what he does yes. to defenders as a route runner, yes. it is ridiculous. I'm waiting you for the breakout. Trade. Oh, Jerry it's Judy gonna is happen. so good. It's going to happen. So I think Jerry Judy is going to be a big factor in this game. But I think the defense is going to look towards him because, you know, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to expect to chase the points. So I think Noah Fant, who is Drew Locke's favorite target when healthy and on the field, is going to get a lot of points in the middle of the field. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs are set up to defend against tight ends that well. So Noah Fant is going to get a touchdown. He's going to – I don't know if he'll break 100 yards, something like that, but he'll have a good couple catches for – you know, I could see like six for 60 and a touchdown, you know, and I'm more than willing to take that at $4,800 right now on DraftKings. All right. All right. So I got my tight two end. running backs yep. and I got my tight end. And since you haven't picked a running back yet, I'm going to go ahead and grab another one. All right. So I'm going to pick up a, uh, so fun fact, I actually had Aaron Jones in my flex spot. So oh, my boy. other running back is DeAndre Swift. All right. Um, That's cool. We had a breakout game for him last week, and, I mean, he's a good runner, but he's an even better pass catcher. And they're playing the Atlanta Falcons, and, I mean, who – you always want to play somebody against the Atlanta Falcons in DFS. For sure. So DeAndre Swift, he's starting to get the majority of snaps. They're starting to see just how good he is. It's almost like something clicked for him in the beginning of the game last week, and you could really start to see him commit to holes – in the offensive line and hit the corner and get around the corner. He's super athletic. So now that he has that confidence that he's showing last week, I expect to see it this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't really have any competition. Adrian Peterson was just there to, you know, hold it down until he got confident and was able to produce. And carry on Johnson is basically, you know, trash can at this point. <laughs> so I'm almost wondering if I should drop him in my dynasty leagues. Oh no, do not do that. I mean, he's young. I'm hoping he gets another team. But yeah, he's pretty point, efficient with his touches. I mean, not this year, but we've seen it. Um, so I wouldn't drop him. But I'm glad you said DeAndre Swift because it just further enforces the confidence that I was trying to instill in everyone um, on Thursday's podcast because DeAndre Swift, as most of the guys we've talked about, have been or was a start of the week for me. So I love Swift. And you seem more confident than me because you seem like there is no way that he doesn't get the most touches this week do you think that they're just committing to him now i hope so and i think that they they will but i think it might take a little bit longer yeah i mean i think in neutral game scripts adrian peterson might still get the slight majority of touches Mm -hmm. but in a game where it's probably going to be a shootout um lions defense isn't great um atlanta falcons defense obviously is like the worst next to the cowboys so i think he's going to get a lot of touches um both in the passing game and just rushing I don't know if he'll have, you know, something like, I don't think he's going to be like a workhorse, like getting 25, 30 touches in a game, but he only needs 15 to 20 to be more than fantasy relevant. 
And I think this is the game where he's going to get that. You know, he might not get two touchdowns like he got last week, but I think he'll get plenty of total yards. All right. And then, so that was your two picks. And I know you still have your receivers, so I need to make sure I get my third one before you do. And that's, I actually didn't, <laughs> I didn't even realize because he was the third one I picked. I would have made sure he was my first pick. Uh, Kenny Galladay, we were just talking about the shootout. And I think he's going to go off versus Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised if he has two touchdowns, 150 yards, you know, and he's, you know, a super safe target for Stafford. Atlanta can't cover anyone. Atlanta with Julio Jones is going to put up points. So the Lions are going to have to keep up. So I love Kenny Galladay at 6,700 on DraftKings. That rounds out my wide receiver core of Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, and Kenny Galladay. And you guys know that I have Justin Herbert. So that's my four so far. And then with my last pick, since you already took your tight end, not my last pick, but before it gets back to you, since you already took your tight end, I'm going to leave him for later. And I'm going to leave my running backs for later as well because you don't can't take any of those. So I'm going to just take the defense because... I got to get my Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the lineup, man. 3,700 versus the Raiders. The Raiders are going to be missing Trent Williams. Is it, wait, is it Trent Williams? No, not Trent Williams. Who, what's the tackle's name? Trent Brown. Trent Brown, thank you. Thank you. See, this is also why I have Nate on the podcast. <laughs> Saves me when I need it. So, Trent Brown, they're going to be missing him. And, you know, with the COVID testing, apparently nobody else tested um, positive. But they are going to keep testing. You know, maybe he passed it on to other offensive linemen. I wouldn't count on it, but Trent Brown is a huge loss for that offensive line. We just saw what the Bucks defensive line did to the Packers O-line, and I expect them to give the Raiders a very, very tough time. Plus, you know, I didn't want to spend 5000 on my defense, so I went 3700 with the Bucks defense. They could be very much like the Patriots defense where last year where um, they're good versus anybody, even good matchups. So I'm not worried about the offense at all. I like the Bucks defense in here. And we can get back to you for your next two picks. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and I do like the Bucks this week. That's a good pick, um, especially, you know, keep an eye on what the Raiders offensive line looks like because it could get ugly real fast. Um, so at wide receiver, I'm going to also pick a bangle. I'm going to go with T. Higgins, who just balling up right now. Yes, I mean, sir. We forgot about Brennan Marshall, because, baby. Yeah, I mean, he didn't run at the Combine. And, you know, just people start to forget about him in the draft process. The Bengals picked him up in the second round. It was an absolute steal. He's first-round talent. Yes, sir. And it took a couple weeks, but it didn't take long for him to start showing up. As soon as A.J. Green was, you know, not making plays, T. Higgins inserted himself into that lineup and showed why he was a second-round pick, why he was on that team to eventually replace A.J. Green as the ex-receiver. And Burrow looks more than happy to throw the ball to him. He's also, I believe last week, he played the most snaps of any wide receiver on that team. So the opportunity is there. The volume is there. T. Higgins looks good. And he, you know, he's speedy down the field. He's a big red zone threat. He's everything you want in your alpha X receiver. And he's doing it in his rookie year. So I love it. So I want to grab him. You know, they're playing the Cleveland Browns. We've talked about, you know, they're going to have to chase points. The Browns also don't have a great secondary. So easy pick. I'm also going to go with Terry McLaurin playing the Cowboys. Yes, I, I like mean, it. You like to start wide receivers against the Cowboys. It's hard to start anybody on the Washington football team because, yeah, it's hard to start anybody <laughs> on the Washington football team. I don't think I really need to explain that. Um, but, you know, we saw DJ Moore do really well last year with Kyle Allen just peppering him with targets. I think that's going to have the same thing this year with Terry McLaurin, especially against a team like the Cowboys where, you know, they're 
might be chasing points. I don't know what the Cowboys' offense is going to look like. They have mm-hmm. the ability to put up lots of points. And even if they don't throw the ball a lot, Zeke should still have a good game, I think. So I think they're going to be throwing the ball to McLaurin. We saw um, Inman Wright, I believe his name is, or Summon Wright, the uh, rookie wide receiver for the Washington football team. He left the game early last week. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing. He's their third wide receiver. So that just opens up more targets. So yeah, I think and he already McLaurin's pulled in 12. Pick. He had 12 last week from Kyle Allen. So, yeah, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Was that your second one? That was my second. Yeah. I had right. Higgins and McLaurin. Higgins and McLaurin. All right, so we have, let's see, I still have four picks, so we got two more rounds. I'm going to grab my running backs, Chris Carson at 6,400 versus the Arizona Cardinals, and then Justin Jackson stacking with Herbert. Sometimes people are like, you want your quarterback wide receiver stack, and you know people don't really understand the quarterback running back stack, but when Justin Jackson is the receiver between him and Josh Kelly, he could pull in a touchdown or two from Justin Herbert, and then that stack looks great. Plus, you know, this is a 50-50 head-to-head. It's not a tournament. So I'm guaranteeing myself the points on this Chargers team here versus Nate. And that's the goal. It's to beat Nate. So I'm going to grab Justin Jackson. He's super cheap too, 4900 So those are my two running backs, Chris Carson, Justin Jackson. I don't know if I need to explain Carson at all. He's been great, you know, the entire season. And Arizona is a perfect matchup. I don't think that this is going to be a shootout. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be this is going to be that Seattle game where they just run the ball out on Arizona. Arizona can't stop them. So I like Chris Carson a lot. And he's still getting a lot of receptions. You know, he's averaging like four receptions a game. So people don't even realize that he's become a receiving running back as well. So those are the two running backs I'm going to grab. And Nate, it's back to you. Yep. So I have another wide receiver to pick up. And that's going to be someone who's on the team that you've been talking about a lot for this week. I got Mike Williams. I love Mike Williams. Hmm. I think he is... One of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL right now. And he just hasn't been given the volume and opportunity to really show it off. I mean, if you look at his catches, half of them are like some of the most <laughs> They're all highlight reels. catches yes. out there. He just needs the volume. And someone who can throw deep. Phillip Rivers has not been able to throw deep for a long time. So it just never really worked out with him and Mike Williams. We had the one year he had 1,000 yards. We had the next year he had whole bunch of uh, the year before that he had a whole bunch of touchdowns just hasn't been able to put them together yet justin herbert is the quarterback to unlock mike williams and his downfield ability um he's a jump ball guy he's contested catch he's in the red zone i mean he can make it work on slants everything he's incredible and we've talked about how good of a matchup this is it's hard to pick you know keenan allen mike williams are both talented they both get peppered with targets I'm taking the value here with Mike Williams at 4,700. I think that's easy value. Um, he's gonna, he's got to at least get double digit points, and I think that's, I mean, that's basically guaranteed, and that's good value at 4,700. So before I go with my quarterback, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pick my defense to save my quarterback for last. I'm gonna go with the Washington Football Team defense. Yes, um, I, like I actually it. don't know for sure if Chase Young is playing this week or not. Um, I think he might be. But either way, that team has a great defensive line and a decent secondary. Their secondary is not that bad. Um, They haven't really been blown out in a game yet. Um, Not like they haven't let up a gazillion points like the Cowboys or Falcons have or the Seahawks. So with Andy Dalton starting, it was rough last week. Yeah, and you could definitely say that the Washington defense is better than the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think Zeke has a decent game. I think... 
the wide receivers for the Cowboys don't have great games. I think it's a little bit closer than we're hoping for, unless Andy Dalton just you know decides to actually know what's going on in that offense. He looked like on a totally different page. Um, but if that continues, I think the Washington defense at twenty five hundred is easy value. Wait, 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 wait. What? No way. Twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred for a team that's probably going to get six sacks. Oh my! I missed that. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? So you can wow. cheap out a defense and still get value. <laughs> Dang. And send that money somewhere else. Dang, and I can't change it either. It's locked in. But I'll definitely be switching my Bucks pick to to Washington. Well, I, d- I don't know how I missed that because I was talking about them as a one of my favorite streaming defenses this week. Cannot believe I missed that. But yeah, I love that pick. And uh, you got your quarterback left, right? Yep. All right. So, um, like right now, or did you do your two? Oh, you got one more pick. All right. So or two more. Yeah. So I got my flex and my tight end. So. I'm tilting right now because you took Aaron Jones. I still don't know who I'm going to take in the flex. It's between two people. But I'll I'll knock out my tight end real quick. It's all about the the low price. I like it because it helped me stack the rest of my roster. Dalton Schultz seems like it's him and CeeDee Lamb right now for Andy Dalton. And, you know, Washington is probably going to do a great job getting to the quarterback. And his quick... You know, his first reads and his quick, short, easy throws are going to be Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb. So I like Dalton Schultz a lot at only 3900 And then the guys I'm tilting on for flex, I'm going to go running back. Running back is the easiest position. At least, I, you know, you probably agree with this. I feel like most fantasy guys would, but running back is the easiest position to predict, right? Yep. So I'm definitely going running back in the flex. And it's between Kareem Hunt versus the Bengals. You look at what the Browns did versus the Bengals in that Thursday night game. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for over 50 fantasy points. Over 50. And now Nick Chubb is gone. I think Kareem Hunt, as long as his ribs aren't an issue, he's questionable right now. He's definitely going to play in the game. It's just a matter of fact of how many touches he's going to get. If I knew he was 100% healthy, it would be Kareem Hunt without hesitation. But just because of the rib injury, I'm kind of tilting between him and James Conner. James Conner is playing against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans have, other than this past week, they have been amazing, an amazing matchup for running backs. Running backs have been averaging almost six yards per carry versus the Titans until last week. So I don't know if they fixed something or if, you know, they just had a great game. I really like James Conner, but I think I'm going to go on the side of, you know, the ribs probably are not too big of a deal. I don't think that they're going to you know, shy away from Kareem Hunt too much, especially because this is a, a game that they cannot lose, especially after that horrible showing against the Steelers. So I'm going to lock him in. Kareem Hunt, 6,800. That leaves me with 600 left. But, you know, people, you can't get caught up in how much money you have left. You need to field the best lineup that you feel comfortable with. And this is the, the lineup that I like. So after you make your last picks, we'll go ahead and uh, compare by position just so they can get a good idea. I'll throw, I'll probably throw out a poll on Twitter too, just to make it more fun, get people more engaged. But uh, yeah, so go ahead and make your last picks and then uh, we can do the head to head. All right. So if I had been able to pick Herbert, then I would have had no money left. I would have had, you know, full salary cap, but. Oh, so you're going less now. You're going somewhere well, yeah, cheaper. I'm, I'm going less now. Oh, okay. This was between, I was between Herbert and this guy before, so, I mean, it's not a big deal to me. I now have $500 remaining because I'm going with Gardner Minshew. Oh, wow. head-to-head with Justin Really? Herbert. I think that game is going to be a shootout. Um, a shootout in terms of 
<laughs> Chargers absolutely destroying them. But the Jaguars, Jaguars going to have to be chasing points. Um, Gardner Minshew, he is so solid for fantasy. I mean, his team may not win games, but here's his finish on DraftKings. So 20 points in a win against in the, uh, Indianapolis, okay? And then 28 points. 11 points against Miami. That was a rough game. That was a rough game. But then 24, 23, 20. He's basically bound to get you 20 points at least every week. Yes, sir. And against the Chargers defense that isn't very great against the pass. And he's going to be chasing points because Justin Herbert's going to put up points. It seems like an easy pick here. Um, I like Herbert a lot, but I'm totally fine with having Minshew here. And, uh, yeah, that's my lineup. I'm happy. $500 remaining. So, you know I'm a Minshew guy. I think you do. Because I, I yeah. know uh, we had a lot of conversations in the offseason. So, I love how good Minshew has been because I had him inside my top 12 preseason. And it's looking great right now. But I got to tell you, I think you just lost the matchup, Nate. I think you just lost the matchup with that pick right there. Because Minshew is, I think this is going to be, other than that 11-point Dolphins game, I think this is going to be his worst game of the season so far. Um, the Chargers are returning a couple people to that defense. Plus... The Chargers defense is actually really good. And with LaVisca having hamstring issues and DJ Chark having ankle issues, I think that this could be a, a, a bad spot for Minshew. So, you know, I guess we'll see who's right because I'm sure it's going to be a close matchup regardless. So it's going to come down to every little detail. Um, so at quarterback, I have Herbert. You got Minshew, right? And my running backs, including the flex, are Chris Carson, Justin Jackson and Kareem Hunt, and you have Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, and Aaron Jones. All right, I think that's those are both great stables. And then wide receivers, I have Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Galladay versus your T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, and Mike Williams. And then you have tight end Noah Fant, correct? Versus yep. my Dalton Schultz, and man. This also might be the reason I lose. You got Washington defense at 2,500 versus my Buccaneers at 3,700. I think it's going to be a super close matchup. So I'm super excited to watch this play out. And with that said, we have one more competition to get to. But first, we're going to start with a question about Antonio Brown because there have been some rumblings that he might be back in the league. And the place that those, those rumblings have been to is Seattle. So if Antonio Brown lands with the Seattle Seahawks all right how do you feel about Tyler Lockett how do you feel about DK Metcalf and of course obviously we love Russ right and then of course how do you feel about Antonio Brown I'll let you go first and then I'll put in my thoughts after yeah so I've heard about this one a lot I mean he was Antonio Brown's been connected with the Ravens the entire season um I, they've made it pretty clear they don't want any part of that um just doesn't work with their locker room, even though Marquise Brown is Antonio Brown's cousin. Fun fact. Yep. Um, and, you know, going to the Seahawks, I know they're, like, dying to get another wide receiver. That's why they got Philip Dorsett. They're like, hey, let's go get AB. Let's get Josh Gordon. They're, like, pretending like they're dying for wide receiver help, even though they got DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. And they have David Moore, who's been pretty good Yeah. when they need him. And they have, you know... They're not, like, just dying out there for wide receiver talent. So I'm not sure why they're, like, acting like it. But if A.B. goes to the Seahawks, I think it's, you know, it's bad for everybody. It's not like Metcalf and Lockett are out there getting, like, 12, 15 targets a game. They're throwing the ball not, you know, 50 times a game, but just really efficient when they throw the ball for the Seahawks. So if A.B. goes out there and takes up another six, eight targets, 
it's not going to be where you can just start all three of those guys each week. It's just not enough volume to be able to start all three guys. So they're going to eat into each other's targets. It's going to affect their fantasy production. It's going to affect how consistent they are. And it's just, you know, it's just bad for everybody. Um, it's good for the Seahawks, you know, NFL-wise. It's good for Russ. But I don't like it. I understand people want A.B. back. I'm not sure he'll ever be as good as he was. It's just been too long. And I don't think the Seahawks is a place to be the A.B. of old. Just not enough volume, as I said. So, I mean, if you have him when your roster still, keep him. Once he signs to a team, sell him right away. Just sell him for whatever you can get. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's just much future there. Not enough fantasy production. So, initially when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, on the same page as you. I'm like, yeah, it hurts everyone except for Russ, of course, because of the low volume there. But then the more I thought, it was kind of like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett already get such low target shares. Or not target shares, their target shares are fine. They get such low targets in, in general that it makes me think, would they, you know, take targets away from those two guys if they brought in Antonio Brown? Because like you were just talking about David Moore, I, I mean, I think he would just take targets from other guys. I don't think Lockett and Metcalf would be hurt target-wise because they're not pulling in, you know, they're not target monsters. So I think that they actually might be okay. I think if that happened, I might, I mean, I don't know if you would, it sounds like you'd be more concerned than I am, but I might try and buy low on a Lockett or a DK if um, if Antonio signed there because I don't think they would be affected as much. But yeah, I wouldn't be looking to start Antonio Brown by any means, but it would be great for Russell Wilson. And um, yeah, so just like maybe a minor minor difference in our thinking but um yeah i i think they would be you know lockett and dk would still be fine and with that said we can get to the i guess you could say main event part two or the secondary (laughs) event or whatever you want to say so we're now on we were on DraftKings. we did a dfs lineup against each other now we're going to do some over unders over on thrive fantasy guys download the app thrive use promo code deep dive they will match your deposit up to $50, your initial deposit of minimum $20. You throw in 20, you put my my promo code in and you get another 20. It's free money. Try it out. It's great. We're going to show you exactly what it looks like because they give you over-unders on the most popular players, on the most popular teams, and it's like a 50-50 pool. So if you're better than half of the other people on guessing your over-unders, you get to choose 10 out of a option of 20 options it gives you, then you're making money. So it's easy. We're going to go through that right now. And the first over-under, remember, promo code Deep Dive, is Alvin Kamara, 0.5 rushing touchdowns. So not total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. You got over-under. You think he scores a rushing touchdown this week? I do. I'm not super confident in this one. Um, as I said before, if you have the receptions, I'm going over. If you have the total yards, I'm probably going over. Um, but rush touchdown, they do like to use Latavius Murray in the end zone. Um, in the red zone, and I think the Panthers are going to let you know the Saints score points. They have a decent defense, but the Saints are going to score points. I'm not super confident in this one, but I'm going to say over. I think Kamara does really well this Sunday. So Yes, sir. I'm also taking the over. So you guys can slam the over right there. Alvin Kamara, over .5 rush touchdowns. We both think he's going to get one. Second, over under. Devontae Adams, receiving touchdowns. This is versus the Texans, and Kamara was versus the Panthers. So, versus the Texans. You got Devontae Adams getting a touchdown, Nate? I got the under here. Ooh! Um, All right. I like like Bobby Tanyan. I think he gets another touchdown this week. Um, And like I said earlier, I think they run this ball 
I think they run the ball the entire game. The Texans, I don't think are going to be able to stop Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones could have three touchdowns against the Texans. So I think the touchdowns go there. Um, Alan Lazard is not back yet, so I don't know if anyone – and I don't know if any of these wide receivers get a touchdown. I think I – don't, I don't think Adams gets a touchdown. I'm going to go – I think it's more likely he does not than he does, so I'm taking the under. So I'm going to take a little over here. Devontae Adams always gets more than – on the season, uh, one touchdown every two games on average. He's always in those double digits for Aaron Rodgers. We know Devontae Adams and Mike Evans are the two most touchdowniest, whatever you want to say, uh, wide receivers in the NFL. I think he's going to get one. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out pissed after my Bucks made him you know, look pretty bad. But that's what he gets. I mean, you saw the double pump. I know you saw the double pump. I said, oh, yeah. yo, that's Aaron Rodgers double pumping in my end zone. Oh, it's over. <laughs> that defense, and they he didn't even cross the 50-yard line after that. So... I think he's going to be pissed, and he's going to have something to prove. I think he's going to throw the ball a bunch. And um, I do think Aaron Jones is also going to do great. I think, like I said, I'm hitting the over on this game. I think it's going to be super high scoring. I like Devontae Adams to pull in a touchdown. The next one is Aaron Jones. We were just talking about him. Over or under 75 and a half rush yards. It makes it a little more difficult because it's not total yards. It's rush yards only over under, Nate. Uh, I mean, this is the easiest one on the board for me. This is over. This is this is so over. All right, and I'm I'm actually gonna go over too. So so far, we're both in agreement. Alvin Kamara hit the over on rush touchdowns. Aaron Jones hit the over on rush yards, and we're split on Devontae Adams. The next one is Kenny Galladay. This is now receptions, four and a half receptions over under. I think you know where I'm going because he was in my DFS lineup. I'm gonna also go over. All right, so we're in agreement there. You see, this is what you get with Thrive Fantasy, guys. It's not too difficult. Just check it out. Use promo code Deep Dive. I just am disappointed in Marvin Jones this year. Yes, I drafted I think, him in a lot of spots. I think because everyone you know is. What he always produces, and just he hasn't even got double digit points this year. I know it's crazy. I, I don't know if he's just like you know he's hit that hill, or if it's just for some reason we're gonna get all those games <laughs> the rest of the season, like later on. Who knows? But um, you know, it's definitely something to pay attention to over there. Because, um, I mean, if Marvin Jones doesn't turn in a good game and this is a shootout, I think you can draw, drop him in most normal leagues because yeah. he's he's killing you. I mean, every week you're having to decide, is this the week? Am I going to risk it? I would rather not have to make that decision at all. So if he doesn't turn in a good week this week, I think he's droppable. And then we have same game, Matt Ryan over under. This is this is a tough one. It's pretty high. Over under 25 and a half fantasy points. That's four point per passing touchdown leagues. Yeah, so this past week, he went off. Had, I think, about 350 yards passing, four touchdowns. He was good for quarterback two. Uh, I don't think he has the same luck against Detroit Lions. Not that their defense is super great, but, I mean, 25 and a half, like you said, that's a, that's a lot of points. I mean, he's got to do really well. He doesn't have the rushing upside that some other quarterbacks do. I think he probably throws an interception or two. Um, I like Jeff. Jeffrey Akuda a lot. I think he might get an interception. Um, so I'm going to take the under here. All right, and I'm going to go over. So this is going to be our second disagreement so far out of the first five. I do not feel that comfortable with it, though. 25 and a half is a lot of fantasy points. But I do think this is another one. I think this and the Green Bay game are probably going to be the two highest scoring games of the week. Um, off the top of my head, I don't think I'm missing an obvious one. Um, so I'm going to take the over here. I think, you know, with Julio Jones, that is the biggest 
difference maker. And I think between Julio and Ridley and Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage, he's got so many weapons there. And I think Matt Stafford, it's the battle of the mats this week. I think Stafford is going to bring it. And so I think they're going to go back and forth. So I'll take the over. And the next one is Ezekiel Elliott over under 105.5 rushing yards. Yeah, so this is actually, I was surprised that this is the line. Yes, same. So we're going the same way. He hasn't got 100 yards yet this season. Um, now. Oh, what? Curveball? Andy Dalton was not good. And they don't need to score a ton of points to beat the Washington football team. I think Mike McCarthy is going to say, hey, let's just take it easy this week. Let's just run the ball. Let's just get the win because the Eagles won. So we need to get the three wins because we got to win this division somehow. So I think they feed Zeke the ball this week. I think he gets over 105 and a half yards. And I'm taking the over here, which is a little scary because he hasn't even really got close to it yet, but I'm taking it. I, I like it because, so I'm actually going to take the under here. I do think that's a lot. All the points you said about him not getting it yet. And I actually agree with you on the fact that, you know, they don't have to pass the ball a lot in this matchup. I do think, I mean, this is a game I'm staying away from in terms of picking a winner. Um, because I wouldn't be surprised if Washington wins, given the state of the offensive line of the Cowboys and the defense that Washington has put together, specifically the D-line. But Ezekiel Elliott, for me, I think is going to get 25 carries, possibly. And, you know, usually that's going to break 105 yards, but I think this is going to be a super tough, ugly game. It's also a divisional game. I think I'm, I'm seeing like a 20 to 25 carry for like 80, 90 yards. I think 105 and a half is a lot. So I'm going to take the under here. And the next one is Ryan Tannehill, 250 and a half. This was a super tough one for me. Um, but I, I, the more I think about it, the more confident I get in it. Ryan Tannehill, 250 and a half passing yards versus the Steelers. Where are you going, Nate? I was looking at this one, looking at Tannehill's results so far this year. Um, he's only like gone over 250 twice out of the five games. Um, I'm taking the under here. Steelers' defense is good, though they have had some lapses. They don't look as like solid as last year, but the Steelers' defense is still good. Uh, I think the Titans run the ball. The Steelers' run defense hasn't been great. I think they run the ball with Derrick Henry. That obviously worked for them last week. Um, A.J. Brown is back. Corey Davis, I believe, is back as well. Johnny Smith, I hear, is healthy enough to play. So that makes me, you know, a little wary. But I think, you know, this team is a very efficient offense, not a lot of high volume. I think their defense does well enough against the Steelers to not make this a shootout, um, though it does have sneaky shootout potential. Um, I'm going to take the under here. I, I feel pretty good about it. So apparently they've been making some good lines because we're going to have to disagree again here. I'm going to go over. And here, here are the reasons why for me. So they're going to try out Derrick Henry. And the Steelers are going to show him it's not going to work. Because, you know, other than his big runs, he's been under four yards per carry this season. He was at 3.7 coming into the last week. Obviously, he's like skyrocketed now because of, you know, huge runs, especially the 94-yard touchdown. But the Steelers' defense, specifically their defensive line, is the best defensive line in the league. And it's not like an Aaron Donald situation where there's one guy you can key in on. It's everyone. They have great depth. Everyone there is good. So it's not a D-line that you can just erase. It's not like you can take away somebody. So that is already problematic enough for me. And then the only weakness in this amazing Steelers defense is actually perfectly suited 
for what A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill do with each other. That's the crosses and the slants over the middle of the field. That has been the weakness of the Steelers so far. And that goes perfectly, perfectly when you're facing a defensive line that is good because those are routes that develop somewhat quickly compared to most other routes in their route tree. So I think Tannehill is going to be feasting over the middle of the field. And I think he's going to be throwing more than um, than usual because that's that's the way to attack the defense. So that's why I like Ryan Tannehill a lot here. And then the next one is so so you guys can already see this is fun. You know, next time I have have you on, Nate, I might we might have to put a lineup against each other with the over unders on Thrive too. So right. we'll have to check that out. But the next one we got two more for you guys. Tom Brady. I think this is an easy one, but maybe not. Tom Brady. 282 and a half pass yards over under. I'm taking the under. I think Same. this is an easy under. Yeah, it is. Um, Tom Brady, he's been efficient, but he hasn't been high volume. Um, I think the Raiders defense is decent enough where, you know, Tom Brady doesn't have to throw for 300 plus yards. Um, and I don't think the run defense is great enough that Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones is about to feast. Decent games. So I just, just don't think the volume's going to be there this week. Yeah, I agree. Especially if the Buccaneers defense shuts down the Raiders. I agree. I think this is going to be a Ronald Jones game again, just like the Packers game was. The Packers game looked like the perfect matchup for Godwin and Evans and Brady. And I was like, guys, you got to start all these people. Turns out the Bucks defense and Ronald Jones just carried that team. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again this week. So we're both agreeing right there on the under for Tom Brady's passing yards. And the last one, same team or same game, other side of the ball. Josh Jacobs, we got a lot of things to consider here because not only is it one type of yardage, it's his line is at total yards. And, you know, is there going to be garbage time? How much offensive linemen are going to be healthy? There's a lot to consider here. So it's a tough one. Josh Jacobs, eight and a, 85 and a half total yards over under. Yeah, this is a tough one. If it was uh, over under rushing yards, I was going to, you know, totally smash the under with the Buccaneers defense. But with the fact they're probably playing from behind and throwing the ball, it makes me a little bit more wary. It's like, you know, it's Jacob's going to get those screens. Is he going to get, you know, a couple big receptions? I have on here, I'm taking the under. Um, I don't feel super great about it because I could totally see him having, you know, high teens attempts for 60 yards and having a couple receptions for like, you know, below 30 yards, mm-hmm. and that, you know, gets them to, like, in the 90s for total yards, but I'm going to take the under here. Um, I think the Buccaneers' defense is really good. Yeah, I'm going to take the under, too. We're in agreement again. We You saw what the Bucks' defense did to Aaron Jones, um, what they did to, you know, pretty much any running back, even dual-threat running backs all last year. The Bucks' defense for the past two seasons, and yes, there's no Vita Vea now, but the Bucks' defense over the past two seasons has been amazing versus running backs, and Honestly, the for me, the way that the Raiders can win this game, and it sucks because, you know, I'm going to be completely transparent, and I'm not biased at all towards my team. I can tell you guys, you know, where we're weak, and we have the second-ranked secondary, I believe, um, in DVOA so far during the season, which is amazing, but the one place that Tampa Bay has seemed to get beat is, you look at the Chargers game, it's deep. Sometimes, sometimes because of how much Todd Bowles likes to blitz, he puts the secondary in somewhat of a difficult situation, and it lets people leak out. So I think the re- the way that the Raiders can attack the Bucks defense, the best chance they have of winning, is what they did against the Chiefs. Was it last week, right? They played the Chiefs? I think it was last week, yeah. Um, they played the Chiefs last week, and 
No, the Chiefs played the Bills two weeks ago. Two weeks. Yeah. So the way they beat the Chiefs was with Ruggs. And, you know, he, he only had two receptions. But it changes the entire game, especially after you hit that connection. I think going deep with Ruggs is going to be the way that they could stay in this game. I think that the Bucks are, are going to give them that option more than anything else. I think the Bucks' number one priority is Waller and Jacobs. The Bucks have the linebackers to cover Waller, and they have the linebackers and Antoine Winfield coming up in the box and the D linemen that are athletic and fast to stop Josh Jacobs. So I think they're going to have to look somewhere else. I think it's going to be a good rugs game. Maybe Nelson Aguilar. I think I have him in a tournament play actually in DFS. He might be a sneaky one because um, they like to use him deep too. And he's pretty fast athletic. And so that's what we got on the over unders on thrive guys go to thrive. Check it out. It's completely different from DFS. It's a nice way to look at fantasy with the over unders and with that said, I mean, that wraps up the podcast. You know, I'm just going to let Nate finish his last note because he is a, he's got some, some great notes on the Steelers here. And uh, I, I want to hear what he, he's got for it. I think he might hit us with a buy low or two or a sell high or two. So he's going to finish this podcast off for us. And uh, also remind them, you know, where they can find you, Dynasty Rewind, wh- whatever you want to plug, Nate. I mean, you're my boy. You plug whatever you want. Uh, first, first guest on the deep dive fantasy football podcast for a reason this is my boy ladies and gentlemen he is and i say ladies and gentlemen because i actually know there's a few ladies listening because i got the stats coming through um and so yeah he you know he's a great follow he'll supply supply you guys with great information so go ahead nate i'll let you kick it off however you want sell highs buy lows stealers whatever it is go for it (laughs) all right so i'll just start with the uh a sell high um, because this guy absolutely proved me wrong. Uh, last week in my stock report, I said, hey, Chase Edmonds is the guy to own in the Arizona Cardinals backfield. And then what happens? Kenny Drake goes off against the Cowboys for like 160 yards, two touchdowns, um, make me look stupid. But I still don't think he's the future there. I don't know if Edmonds is the future there. Um, I don't think the starting running back for the 2021 season is on the roster right now. I think they draft somebody. Um, somebody like Travis Etienne would look incredible in that offense. Um, so I'm selling Kenyon Drake high. He just had a huge game in prime time. People want him. He was a big name as a first round pick in a lot of redraft leagues this year. He doesn't look like he has much of a future. He's still on that transition tag. He is an older running back and we know how, what happens to those guys. So I'm selling Kenyon Drake. You can probably get something good for him. Um, for a team that's contending because he still can have a great rest of the season. Um, on the other side, I am buying, well, two people. I'm buying some rookies who everyone's forgotten about. One person we mentioned earlier, Denzel Mims. Yes, sir. Um, you know, you probably can, you know, he was probably picking the second round of rookie drafts. You might be able to get him for a third round pick right now. And that's a deal. He's should be the number one receiver on that team. Once he's healthy. I know Jameson Crowder is great in PPR, but realistically, once Mims is healthy and on the same pages, Trevor Lawrence, maybe, um, you know, he's going to be, he's, I mean, I hate to helmet scout, but he is similar to Josh Gordon. Both went to Baylor, but he's similar to Josh Gordon in how fast and athletic he is while also being big and physical. I like so that he's, comp. he's a great player. You want him on your team. Um, don't forget about him. And in the same vein, um, Jalen Rager, um, we've forgotten about him. We know there's no one to throw to really right now. Um, Al- the ghost of Alshon Jeffrey and Greg Ward, XFL superstar. So once Jalen Rager comes back, he's going to blow up and he's not going to be 
you know, within your price range anymore. So buy him low right now. He's going to turn out this year. Um, remember Darius Slayton last year. Darius Slayton, while a late round pick, was injured for the beginning of the year and then came on and had a tear and now is a top receiver, top young receiver. So, And then one more buy, buy low. <laughs> and uh, Brandon likes this one a lot, I know. Um, I am buying low on Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I don't know how well he's going to do the rest of the season. I think he's talented, but there is Chase Claypool there, there's Deontay Johnson there, and even every now and then a sprinkle of James Washington. Juju Smith-Schuster is still like 23 years old. He's so young, and he's very good. He's very talented. He's incredible. Just needs the opportunity, just needs the volume, just needs to be in the offense that will work around him. He's no longer the focal point of that offense, which means they're not play calling for him. They're playing call, play calling for Chase Claypool right now and uh, might be for Claypool and Deontay Johnson going forward. But Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent this year. He's going to make a lot of money somewhere. Um, I originally was hoping he would go to the Rams to take Cooper Cup's position, Ooh. but the Rams have now locked up Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, so that's no longer going to happen. But there are a couple spots out there where Juju Smith-Schuster could land sure. and be the focal point of that offense and easily get back to his 2018 stats. So if you are looking forward to next year already, I've seen people put Juju Smith-Schuster as dynasty wide receiver 30, dynasty wide receiver 35. I mean, how can you do that when this guy is 23 years old, 24 years old, and has put up such big numbers? I mean, he's got a whole career ahead of him. It's like getting the guy an older rookie, but he's already produced in the NFL for four years. It's ridiculous that the slander that's going on Juju's name right now yeah. Um, even if he doesn't have a great rest of the season, he's still I love him just for full of potential. So I'm picking him up in every dynasty league I can if the owner is scared. Um, and speaking of Juju Smith-Schuster and the Steelers, I know Brandon wanted me to talk about what's going on with Chase Claypool versus Deontay Johnson. I am a huge Deontay Johnson fan. Um, I was hyping him up all offseason. I was saying, you know, this is the guy to own on this offense. And when the season started, I was validated because Ben Roethlisberger was throwing to Deontay Johnson just about every other snap. It was ridiculous. Um, and then Deontay got hurt, missed two games. Chase Claypool just appeared and just set the world on fire against the Eagles and then came out last week and had a good game too. So what's going on? What do we do now? We got Juju, we got Deontay, we got Chase Claypool. All are talented. I still think Deontay's the number one wide receiver in this offense, the guy to own. I think Claypool is great. I think he'll have a couple boom games, and I think he's going to be great going forward for next year. But Deontay is going to get the main share of targets. Claypool has been very efficient, but all of his touches, you know, the little rushes he does and his big plays, it's all been manufactured by play calling. He hasn't really um, shown that he can get open, you know, when the play's not focused on him. He hasn't been able to really... You know, take over a game where they've been playing from behind. They've been very lucky to be in very positive game scripts or neutral game scripts, um, and that's where he's produced. We don't know how he's going to play when they're chasing points, when they need you know just little slants to get the first down. That's what Deontay does. I think Claypool, while exciting, is not as solid of a fantasy player as Deontay. Deontay is very talented. Uh, I love Deontay. So I'm still taking Deontay wide receiver one. I like Claypool. I do not dislike Claypool at all. I liked him a lot in the draft. But um, I think 
let's not get too overexcited. He's had two great weeks, but with Deontay back, he's he's might he's probably going to go back to the, being the third target on the team. I think Juju is going to have a little bit of a rise, and Deontay comes back and slots right back into having you know ten targets a game. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, you know, that's what I was worried about. And I, I wanted to get your, your take between Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool as the number one, because I know you're a huge Deontay guy. You definitely know a lot more about him than I do. So I appreciate the input on that for sure. It's good to hear. Um, so it seems like you're going with the route runner because we know Claypool is not that. So I, I like it. And we'll definitely see what happens in that Steeler room. There's a lot of moving pieces like you were talking about with Juju as well in the offseason. And that's going to wrap up the podcast for today, guys. Once again, we got to say big thanks to Nate. Nate, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at NateNFL, and you can follow Dynasty Rewind, which is the podcast I co-host. We do our shows on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. and Friday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, live stream on Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, you can find all of our stuff on there. And then also do articles for Dynasty Nerds, which you can find at Dynasty Nerds on Twitter. All right, and... Of course, if you like the podcast, if you you know want to help out your boy, drop a rating, drop a review. It helps me out a lot. Hope you guys have a great week, as well as I hope you have a great week, Nate, in fantasy. Hopefully, we all you know turn in some dubs. It's been a crazy week. Honestly, if you could just squeak into the playoffs this year, you're you're golden. So that's what we're shooting for. Let's all you know start start them, sit them, everything we've gone over. You know, take that advice and uh, do what you will with it. Have a good one, guys. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and I will see you next week.